0: flowing from my heart are the issues of my life and its gratefulness. I am grateful for God. I am grateful for my wife and my family. I am grateful for my church. I am grateful For just all of you. I'm thankful that my mother is here today, and I'm just grateful. I'm grateful for this worship team that has done such a phenomenal job bringing us to this point in the service. I'm grateful for the Reverend Brown Sr. and his wife. I am grateful. I am grateful. I am grateful. I won't be before you long because I do want to respect the times that we are in, but there is a word from the Lord. Our text that was read earlier came from John's Gospel, the fourth chapter, and the 31st through the 34th verse were read. Here it is again for your hearing. Beginning at verse 31, it says... Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, being Jesus, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples were saying to one another, no one brought him anything to eat, did he? And Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me, and to accomplish his work. There is a difference between physical food and spiritual food. With physical food, you're able to grasp tangible matter like bread and rice and meat and ingest it into the physical body. Through the digestive process, the human body is able to break down the food and extract the appropriate nutrients in order to provide the body with energy as well as to support the various immune systems that support good health. In other words, the human body is naturally predisposed to using physical food in order to sustain itself and get this, it does not need our help to do what is good for us. However, with spiritual food, while you are able to grasp some spiritual truths and concepts every now and then, the human spirit by itself, and particularly after the fall of man in the Garden of Eden, cannot extract the appropriate nutrients needed in order to support good spiritual health. So while the human spirit has the capacity to grow spiritually from feeding on spiritual food, it is incapable of doing so on its own. We see this clearly where the Apostle Paul tells us in his letter to the Corinthian church, here's what the Apostle Paul said. He says, the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are what? Foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. In other words, Paul is letting us know that while we know how to appropriate physical food, you and I have a problem dealing with appropriating spiritual food. So today I want to talk about spiritual discernment. And how no matter how you try to think and reason out the mystery of the things of God, there are just some things that only God can do. And therefore, I have titled this message quite simply, Food for Thought. Let us pray. Most gracious Heavenly and Eternal Father, feed us. Feed us, O God, till we want no more. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So here is the truth. Whenever you come upon a situation that you do not understand, it is natural for you to try and make sense of that situation by making associations to things that are more familiar to you. For example, if you're trying to describe snow and you've never seen snow before, you will probably describe it saying that it looks like powder. This kind of association we call a metaphor. A metaphor is a figure of speech in which a word or phrase is applied to an object or action to which it is not literally applicable, but helps to open up the meaning, appreciation, or understanding of an object or action. In plain language, when you portray a person, place, thing, or an action as being something else, even though it is not actually that something else, you are speaking metaphorically. An example of this is seen in the statement that many people use, both black and white, when they say things like, my brother is the black sheep of the family. This is a metaphor. Because in the case of black folks, the brother is certainly ain't a sheep. <laughs> and in the case of white folks, he neither is a sheep nor is he black. However, this comparison describes an association of a black sheep with that person irrespective of their color. A black sheep is an unusual animal. As a matter of fact, it typically strays away from the herd. And so the person being described as a black sheep shares similar characteristics in that they may tend to wander off every now and then. So the metaphor is a figure of speech that makes an implicit implied or hidden comparison between two things that are unrelated but share a common characteristic. Are you with me? Yes, sir. Now, now, now the problem comes into play when people don't know when the person they are talking to is using a metaphor. When this happens, the person listening can get stuck in the literal Or or the natural meaning of the metaphor and thereby miss the real meaning of the spiritual significance this is exactly what we see playing out in our text but before we get into it let us set up the context Jesus had just interacted with a woman at a well in Samaria and while he was talking with her the disciples left and they went to go find food of course, this very intense dialogue that you're familiar with, the woman then comes to the conclusion that Jesus is, in fact, the Messiah. And then she proceeds to tell everybody, come see a man who has told me everything. She, she runs out into the town and she starts to tell everybody. And, and the scripture even tells us that many people came to believe simply by her sharing her testimony. The story then continues that not only did they come to believe her testimony, but there were a lot of people that started to believe in him on their own after they heard him speak. Brothers and sisters, let's be clear. Never underestimate the power of your testimony. So in the course of these things, the disciples now return after buying food. And it is here that we arrive at the problem with the disciples being stuck in the literal as Jesus uses metaphor of food watch what the text says meanwhile the disciples now remember they have now come back and says meanwhile the disciples were urging him now saying rabbi eat remember they had gone to buy food so they brought back the food They say, rabbi eat but he said to them I have food to eat that you don't know about so the disciples then were saying to one another no one brought him anything to eat. It's like, wait a second, what is he, what's going on here? Nobody brought him anything to eat. And Jesus said to them, brothers, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do you see it? Do you see the miss? You see, the disciples were urging Jesus to eat physical food. But Jesus said that his, he has food they don't know anything about then the disciples inquired about who could have brought him this physical food there's three movements in the story the first movement is the literal movement the second movement is the metaphor and in the third movement goes back to the literal Jesus was communicating something to disciples that was literally way over their heads but while this is true Here's my problem in the text. How could they have possibly known what Jesus meant? They went on assignment for Jesus. They came back with the food for Jesus and said, Jesus, here is the food. Eat the food. And Jesus then says to them, I have food that you don't know anything about. How on earth are they going to know what Jesus is talking about? How is it that they're going to know that he doesn't mean food, that physical food, but he means spiritual food. There is nothing in the text that will tell you or me that they should know that. Yeah. So I'm struggling with Jesus. Jesus, they can't know that. And why are you chastising and beating up on these disciples? They only did what you asked them to do. But you see, while they could not have known, Instead of acknowledging their ignorance, they went straight to making an assumption and using their own sense of association to try and interpret and understand what was happening. I think you miss it. The truth is, there is no way for the disciples to know what Jesus was talking about. But the moment Jesus says, I have food to eat that you know nothing about, their immediate response, which they did, was to do what? To go and ask the disciples, what is he talking about? You, you, you know, Jesus says, I have food you have nothing, you know nothing about. And their immediate response is starting to ask each other, well, did somebody bring him food? You, you know, it's, 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 it's Holly saying to Jackie, did somebody bring him food? It's, you know, it's, it's, it's Yvette saying to, to, to Shaneth, did somebody bring him food? Wait a second. Wait a second here. Who gave him food? Their response was an error. Because what they should have done was not to make assumptions that they knew what he was talking about when he was right there in front of them. All they had to do was to say, Jesus, can you tell us more about this food you're talking about? Do you see the difference? You see, instead of, saying, instead of staying in the moment with Jesus, they left the present and went directly to thinking and assuming that they already knew what he was talking about. That's the problem in the text. You see, and this is the problem with the disciples, and this is the problem with you and me, with all of us. We, we, we think we know enough about a situation. We think we know enough about what is happening around us. We think we have all the answers whenever we become perplexed. We think we know more than we really know. And the truth is, we think too much, and we don't know enough. Staying present with people and being in the moment gives us the opportunity to learn more than we would normally. And it also gives us the tremendous opportunity to grow spiritually. I'm not sure how many of you can relate to this, but I find that sometimes when, you know, someone comes to me about an issue, before I even let them finish speaking or let them have their say, I immediately begin to answer them and to respond to what I thought I heard them say. I don't know why some of us are wired this way, but it really is a subtle way of disrespecting someone. And the truth is, it is no way to show love to our neighbor. One of the greatest gifts that we can give to someone is the gift of our listening ear. And we forfeit that gift whenever we make assumptions about what we think they're talking about, as opposed to letting them tell us what they are talking about. You and I, as gifted as we may think we are, we don't know everything. And the real food for thought that I want to bring to your attention today is simply this. Seek first To understand before seeking to be understood. That's my word for the church. Seek first to understand before seeking to be understood. The disciples, like you and me, they erred by thinking they already knew what Jesus meant. When all they had to do was to ask him. Jesus was right there, and he was willing to tell them. Why? It says quite clearly in verse 34, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. So here's our challenge today as we think about all of the things happening around us, all of the the, the coronavirus scare and all of the things that's going on in our world. We don't know enough to make any decisions about anything or even what is happening. There are people talking about, was this man made by some group that's going to try to take out people for whatever whatever the reasons are that we're all thinking? We don't know, but here's what we do know. We do know that God has a plan, no matter what it looks like. And our job is not to try to figure out the plan and act like we know it. Why? Because his, he has food for us that we know nothing about and 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 oh by the way that that food that food is to do the will of him who sent us to accomplish his work so 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 we are worried about listen here let me let me if i can make this plain you are here because god has work for you to do and until that work is done there is not a virus. There is not a demon. There is not a spirit. There is not a government. There is not a preacher, teacher, whatever you want, that can stop the things of God. So so, so I want to be very clear. Yes, we're going to go out, and we're going to get as much toilet paper you can find. You're going to run around, and you're going to try to get as much of whatever. It, that's all good and well. But let us be clear. There is food for which other people know nothing about. Do you hear what I'm saying? There is a food that while the shelves may start to get a little empty, there is food. While while you may be running out of supplies, there is food. While, While you may not have enough gas in your car, there is food. You see, there is food that people know nothing absolutely nothing about and that food is to do the will of my father so as long as you stay in the will of the father there is no weapon that is formed against you that's going to prosper there is nothing that is ever going to come and interrupt God's good plan there is nothing so brothers and sisters food for thought fear not I have overcome the world. That's the word of the Lord. Fear not, for I have already overcome the world. We serve a God who understands, who sees, who knows. And believe me, brothers. Believe me, sisters. <laughs> listen, listen. I don't care what the president says. I don't care what the Congress says. I will listen and I will obey. I will be a good steward over what God has given to me. But my food, our food, your food, is to do the will of him who sent me. And I must accomplish his work. So, three points. Number one, here's our food for thought. Learn to listen to what people are saying before attempting to respond. Number two, Don't make assumptions thinking that you already know what people mean and then you start to run your mouth. No, listen to what people are saying. Don't make assumptions. And if you are unclear, number three, ask for clarification (laughs) if you're not sure what they mean. Now, these are all very basic things. But if we can cultivate the discipline that makes this second nature to all of us, then we will have better communications with each other, and we will not miss the spiritual gift that God has given to us, right? So, so, so nothing is more important than doing the will of God for our lives. And, 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 and the problem is, if you don't know what the will of God is for your life, ask Him. Ask him, and he will tell you. Don't be worried about what you don't understand, because he will make it plain. He says, seek me, and you will find me. Ask, and he will answer. Knock, and the door will be open unto you. But you must come to him, believing in faith that he is who he says he is, and that he is a rewarder of those that seek him diligently. So if there's any encouragement for you today on this day that we are all in uproar and unsure, feed on Him until you want no more. Amen? May God richly, richly bless you, my beloved. Amen.